going to talk about something Greg Olson said. It, it uh, reminded me of a story I wanted to tell very briefly. I just uh, I wanted to say good things about the late Rabbi Herbert Bronstein, who passed away recently. And his obituary for the Tribune was written by our friend Dan Dorfman. And uh, Rabbi Bronstein was he my when I was a toddler, I kind of thought he was God. Like I thought that this this little bearded man, like that's what I was, you know, when you're when you're very very young, I'm like, oh, he's God, right? They're like, no, 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 he's he's that that's just Rabbi Bronstein. So he was the rabbi for my consecration, for my bar mitzvah, for my confirmation, and he officiated our wedding. And he recently passed away at age ninety three. And I always tell the story too because this this incre- this incredible scholar. I mean, a brilliant, brilliant scholar, professor, longtime professor at Lake Forest College as well. A wonderful, learned man was a huge Bears meatball. And I'll never forget many years ago. You know, I saw him, and he was he was swimming at uh, at, at my parents' club, and I see him. I wave to him, and, and he gets out of the water, and he and he. Kind of comes over, and he's you know very small, and he's just walks very slowly. And I said, Rabbi Bronstein, how are you? It's wonderful to see you. Wonderful to see you too. And there's this pause, and he says, I need to ask you something. And I said, Sure, of course. He says, Why don't the Bears understand the value of Greg Olson in any offense? <laughs> And why, why would they feel that they have to trade him to fit into an antiquated system when he's playing so well? I just think it's a shame, and I think it's a mistake. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Like he, he was breaking down the, I, the the anachronistic Mike Mart system and the unfortunate departure of Greg Olson because I think he was a bad he, fit. He spoke for a lot of people. I know he did, but it was like it's, it's like how the, a lot of people was, in Chicago it, felt. It was the last question I expected to be coming at that point. But that, like, that was this of everything that's going on in his head. This is the guy, like, these he's like leading all of of America's reform rabbis and writing the you know prayer books and 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 debating ancient scripture. But that's what's on his mind. Look, man, <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. People like, got notes. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't I don't have a good answer for you. But Greg Olson needed is the Bears, a, a ubiquitous presence in our football lives. Well, what I like about Greg is that he's also been pretty ubiquitous on Twitter, talking about stuff. And there's this wonderful thread where he's talking about shotguns. So let me give you a couple of the tweets from Greg and some of the responses I thought were pretty incredible too. He writes, if you don't can't put your QB under center on early downs in the NFL, you are making your QB's life very difficult. Then someone said, hey, could you, could you explain that? So he went on to say, under center play action is the best way to pass on early downs in the NFL. Play action from the gun isn't as effective. Marrying run and pass looks is the key, not how well or often you run. So it's it's like the NFL's version of tunneling. Like make everything look like everything else. If you can. And and that's why you don't want to be overly reliant on personnel groupings. Because the moment those guys, you know, are putting up their fists or putting up a number and you and you're getting a different group of of personnel, immediately the opposing coordinator knows your a range of likelihoods that's just changed. Then someone sent him some statistics on this. This is Arjun Menon. 
who does big data. And the statistics back up Greg's claim. And then Greg said, thanks for providing the data. It's not a mystery that young quarterbacks having success early in their career, Purdy, Love, Stroud, et cetera. Shotgun is a critical element to modern offense, has to be implemented, but the exclusivity of it is very dependent on having the perfect personnel to execute it. So it's a really good thread. Like he he kind of goes out and then, then people say, well, what about Mahomes? And he said, outliers. I'm not saying that it can't be done. Those guys are proof, but you better have that guy and the right pieces around him Hard to rely on that over time. Now, this made me think immediately of a conversation that that we had with Matt Forte. And Matt Forte talking about the difficulty for running backs running out of the gun. It's not my favorite. Uh, A lot of times they're they're calling a lot of gun runs too, which happened late in my career as well, which you had to kind of, I had to kind of reinvent, you know, that, that running style because I'm used to being in the eye, you know, we'll get in the gun every now and then, but coming downhill when you're at seven and a half yards, it's, it's different at five and a half yards and things happen a lot faster and you don't, you kind of let your plays develop or your blocks develop. So um, I, I just don't like running sideways a lot when it comes to that type of stuff. Now outside zone is a little different because you're stretching the defense, trying to get them to overplay or get a cutback. Um but I think we need to, um, in the run game, you know, mix up the formations, uh, stop running the same play out of the same formations and stuff, but then also uh, find out what, what our, our offensive line does best. What, what kind of runs do they love? Do we like double teams, iso blocks, or are we a zone run def- uh, offense, offensive line? So um, when uh, Aaron Cromer came in one year, we ran a play called duo a lot, which with all double teams across the line and basically you're reading the second level as a running back and you have the ability to bounce it outside and be one-on-one with a with a uh, cornerback or a safety or you hit it up inside and there's you know that double team push so you know those type of things is something that should have been studied back in uh you know camp but sometimes you got to learn them on the fly during the season I can answer his question because it, it appears to me that with these interviews that the Bears are conducting and with the retention of Chris Morgan, who is a Shanahan line coach, the offensive line coach is still here. They're running zone. There's, um, there's no reason to think that that isn't decided. That you're, you're not going to have gap schemes, isolation schemes, that you're, they're going to be doing the Alex Gibbs Shanahan stuff. Here, Because otherwise, you move on from this guy and you throw it wide open. Everybody that is on their interview list has some ties to the Shanahan-McVay tree. A texter says, and I think it's a really good point, this is why I hate when coaches mention analytics for going for it on fourth and short and then calling a shotgun run five yards behind the marker. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree with you that in those situations where – even if we look at a play like the tush push where everyone knows what's going on, it's still a matter of math and leverage. To me, in short yardage plays, I like the the concept of ISO in, in those situations. I like a lead block in those situations. I'm okay with going with an I formation and a shifting fullback 
telling you exactly what hole you're going to. You, you, you want to go with a lead play into the four hole? Be my guest. And and Kari Blassengame can meet you right there in, in the four hole. Instead of splitting him out wide? Yes. Right. And because you're only trying to get a yard. And there's sometimes when you watch some of these calls, and like, do you realize that you're only trying to get a yard? That you just need a yard to reset? That you're it's fourth down and there isn't a fifth down coming your way? What's your best short yardage play? Run that. 